The following podcast is brought to you by the Village Zendo. For more information, visit villagezendo.org. That uh, opening chant is quite something. This uh, infinitely subtle dharma. Can you feel it? Can you see it? Can you hear it? Right now. It's so wonderful to be here uh, sitting in Village Zendo, um, to see all our Sangha online, to be with you all. My name is Fugan, for those of you who I'm meeting for the first time today, and for those of you who um, I've seen before, over a few decades, a little more, it's wonderful to be sitting with you again the new time, this time. Um, my partner Sejin and I are recently back uh, from a voyage of four and a half months of traveling on an academic voyage, which was aboard a ship. Uh, it's called Semester at Sea. And we traveled um, from Germany to Thailand. Sorry, let me adjust your microphone here. Getting a little feedback. How's that? Yeah, even the feedback is it. <laughs> and so we, we traveled um, on a ship from Germany to Thailand and stopped at about uh, in 11 countries along the way um, with uh, 500 college students, a handful of <laughs> faculty, um, 150 amazing crew members from all parts of the world. And the, this, this idea was to uh, discover things along the way and uh, to bear witness. Um, to the joy and the suffering of the world. You know, we spent time on Robin Island, uh, where Nelson Mandela was uh, incarcerated for many, many years. I heard about the treatment and the incredible fortitude and creativity and uh, this vow to serve uh, that Nelson Mandela and his fellow prisoners manifest. And we heard about it from one of uh, the political prisoners who now spends his time guiding uh, generations of people through this, um, this space. And we uh, you know, had uh, moments of students and faculty really revealing their hearts to one another. And we also had uh, moments of students and faculty revealing their rage and fear. Um, you know, it was sort of part reality show 
with a little pool and sunbathing on the deck and, you know, part um, intensive retreat, <laughs> all mixed up. And the last third or so of the voyage was in, um, mostly in Southeast Asia, in uh, Buddhist, traditionally Buddhist countries, historically Buddhist countries. And um, it was amazing to be in these places where Buddhism has been practiced for centuries, uh, to see the infrastructures, the you know, ornate temples, the um, 150-foot reclining Buddhas, and uh, Kuan Yin towering 70, 80 feet over uh, a Malaysian temple on top of a hill. And as strange and different as many of these forms were for us, uh, we felt connected. We felt really uh, a, a sense of kinship um, with the forms and more, more so with the people, the people coming uh, to show their devotion, their great vow. And uh, for me, I also felt continually connected to the practice here. Um, my gratitude for Village Zendo, for this practice we're doing this morning, for all of you here putting this great energy into uh, this day, into this practice, into this moment. You know, for our teachers who have persevered for so long to let this remain available to us and to the generations who, who continue to um, manifest this vow. And so coming home, uh, first to Hyannis, uh, where we live on Cape Cod, and we have a small sangha out there. Coming home to Hyannis, and I'm going to try one more adjustment there. How's that? Can you still hear me? Okay. So coming home to the Cape, uh, to our small Zendo there, was uh, extraordinary, a sense of homecoming. And just like coming here is also um, a feeling of being with family, of being welcomed, um, you know, really from the heart. And today is, of course, uh, many of you know the Lunar New Year. Um, the Chinese New Year or the Spring Festival, and it's the Year of the Dragon. And so this is an extraordinarily auspicious day to have a Zazen Kai to practice together. You know, it's an auspicious year uh, in the Chinese Zodiac. And it's an auspicious moment right now for us to be here, to really let this moment manifest. This uh, winter ango is moving along, and it's, uh, it's taking us into the spring. And uh, I've been thinking about what's coming up. Shuso Hosen, Hansaku Gyocha. And I've been thinking about the dragons, the elephants who come here to sit. And this is a line from, uh, that our Shuso is going to recite, and then she's going to engage in Dharma combat. 
with all you dragons and elephants in the room, all you dragons and elephants sitting this morning. And on our voyage, especially in Thailand, we uh, encountered some elephants, <laughs> which was pretty cool. Um, we uh, met elephants at a place called Elephant Nature Park, and it's an elephant reserve a rescue organization. And we came face to face uh, with these beings um, that we hear about uh, in our literature a little bit, in our stories, in our myths. And these elephants had been rescued, um, many of them from hard labor, from working in the logging industry where they would you know, drag these logs and do this hard work in the forests. Um, some from circuses, uh, you know, these kind of uh, miserable lives uh, where the training really is um, designed to break their spirit, break their will, really hurt them so that they are compliant for people. Uh, some of them, and, and the elephants we met about 30 that day, were all uh, female elephants. They sequester the males on an island because they're a little uh, too dangerous. But the females were um, becoming new again in this, uh, in this space. Uh, they were, many of them had grave injuries when they were rescued. Uh, one had stepped on a landmine and her uh, back hip was pretty destroyed. So she had this um, very pronounced limp. Um, you know, others had been starved or uh, had fallen and been, one was hit by a truck. You know, they had this, these tragic histories, um, and yet they were recreating lives, uh, recreating families. There was, you know, this, this pair of old lady elephants who had been together for 20 years and they went everywhere together. And uh, there was teenage groups of elephants who were really rambunctious. And in this particular park, they're trying to decondition elephants to, to um, humans so that they don't relive this earlier trauma. And so part of it is that the elephants sort of have free range and the visitors um, just kind of stay out of their way and observe. Um, you know, you don't bathe the elephants or pet the elephants, but they're um, given space to you know, be free. As, as free as they can. And so when the elephants feel like running, the guides at the park herd the tourists out of the way so that uh, everyone remains safe. And there was a moment there where we were sitting with one of these guides uh, in his shelter. And um, the guides are uh, hired, they're, they're refugees from the war in Myanmar, just, uh, you know, not very many miles away. And so this park is part of their services, hiring uh, refugees to work with the elephants, training them how to do this work. And we were sitting there and uh, I was, you know, chatting with the, the guide and I looked up and all of a sudden this elephant had come over to check me out. And she was, um, you know, face to face with me, looking at me. Uh, with her elephant eyes, and uh, I was nervous and then uh, enthralled. And there was this sense of majesty and power and um, presence 
that must have inspired you know earlier generations of Buddhists who saw these elephants and thought you know this this is something that has something to do with what we do on the cushion with this vow this great vow to wake up and so Samantha Bhadra who is uh, the Bodhisattva of this great commitment as an elephant as a companion in my uh, understanding now Samantabhadra no longer rides the elephant because that's traumatic, but they're companions, <laughs> perhaps. And when we were in Southeast Asia, we also saw a lot of dragons um, on the temples. We saw first uh, in Cambodia, these um, amazing ancient temples with, with nagas, these snakes, uh, these amazing hooded snakes all over the place and in the Pali canon uh, when the Buddha was sitting under the Bodhi tree he was protected by the king of the Nagas king of these great serpents and the Naga uh, wrapped itself around Siddhartha uh, on the night when he was going through his final um, trials his final night uh, of sitting and protected him from the storms from the demons and the naga this this great serpent raised his hood the serpent of the hood over the buddha's head and protected him from this fierce storm and so these nagas are protectors at the temples in cambodia and in thailand and even in malaysia and there's also makaras which are um, uh, in sri lanka they're they're known as water dragons and these uh, creatures are sort of a mix of a crocodile and a rhinoceros and a, this kind of hybrid creature. And they also guard the Dharma. And in some of the Thai temples, there's a Naga coming out of the great mouth of a Makara. And the Naga opens its great <laughs> mouth with you know, hundreds of fierce teeth and is uh, sitting there as you pass into the temple, keeping evil spirits out making it a safe place to practice, a place to really um, let go. And so the, these fierce guardians of the way, these uh, nagas and these dragons, um, really strike me today as we sit here. You know, this wonderful morning of practice um, we are also embodying this energy of guarding the Dharma, of persevering, of persevering on the cushion through the difficult task of sitting, of being present to this moment as it arises. And this moment as it arises, you know, maybe this, um, and often it's knee pain, back pain, regrets, fear, worries, especially now, there's a lot in the world to worry about. And so this, this dragon energy is really important, but not the idea of ease, not the idea of peace somewhere, not the idea of waking up, but this moment as it is. 
In the Fukan Zazenji, the universal way of Zazen that Dogen wrote, uh, he says, I implore you, those noble friends in experiential learning, do not get so accustomed to images that you are afraid of the real dragon. Now, don't mistake the idea of the truth that we're after, maybe coming here this morning looking for some experience, some idea that we hope will happen to us. But don't mistake that for the real dragon here today. And don't mistake the image for the food. And this, this, this quote refers to a story of Seiko, who was a man who loved dragons. Um, he loved them so much that he filled his house with uh, dragon scrolls and images of dragons and texts on dragons. And he read everything about Zen or dragons, in fact. <laughs> he read book after book. And he even created his house to look like a dragon. And it was, it was his thing. He might have dressed in special dragon outfits, who knows. Um, and so one day a real dragon happened by and saw this house and looked in and saw all this dragon paraphernalia and said, wow, this is a guy who must really love dragons. I'm gonna come in and say hello. And when he came in, Seiko was sleeping and woke up and saw the real dragon and was so terrified he passed out right there. <laughs> right? The, the instant you think it's the real dragon, it's, it's not. The real dragon is unfurling itself right now. Not our idea of it. And letting go of our story, um, it can be scary. Right? We've been doing it all morning. Uh, it sounds like it's a fun thing, but actually, um, you know, letting go of who we think we are, what we're getting out of today, you know, what's going to happen, um, that can be a scary moment. And yet when we actually do it, this, there's great relief, great ease. This is coming home, coming home. And in the Fukan Zazenji, Dogen calls this, the Dharma gate of peace and comfort, always available to us right here, right now. And so where do we encounter this real dragon besides right here and right now? In uh, the Blue Cliff Record, there's a koan uh, that speaks to this pretty directly. Uh, Yunmen's staff changes into a dragon. Yunmen showed his staff to the assembly and said, this staff has transformed into a dragon and swallowed the universe. Mountains, rivers, the great earth, where are they to be found? Where is this dragon to be found? Or where is this moment to be found? And Uji Dogen, has, which is our study text, this Ango, uh, Dogen lays out the practice of, of being this moment, of being time. And he says, mountains are time, oceans are time, and all being is time. Sitting, 
here together as time. Following the forms of Zazen Kai is time. The bell rings and we bow. This is time manifesting. And the nature of time, the time being, is revealed in each encounter. For the time being on the highest peak, for the time being at the bottom of the deepest ocean, for the time being heartbroken, for the time being dancing with joy. Time manifests as you right now, in this moment, and in this moment. This uh, manifests as drinking water. The time being is this being of drinking water. You manifesting time is drinking water. All time appearing in water drinking. The language gets confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Just this. And this is flowing. And Dogen calls this uh, each moment flowing. And this isn't our ordinary understanding of time, flowing from past to present to future with us as observers. This uh, idea of a linear timeline is very, very specific takes us out of the flow. When we are time, each moment flows fully into itself. Past and present not lining up side by side in some conceptual order, some image, uh, but each flowing. And Dogen says that flowing is like spring. And we are now entering the spring festival so we can know it. This breath outside where Winter is not so present. Some warmth this morning, fog uh, rolling in and rolling out. The air has a quality to it. As bird songs, you've been noticing more and more. Some buds appearing, perhaps. And so spring, in its unending contours and elements, manifests just as spring. And when we manifest ourselves, this spring is not the end of winter or a precursor to summer, but it's fully present. And the insects that are starting to awaken in the changing light. This is spring fully flowing as spring. And our presence is required. Presencing this moment is required. And then spring is actualized. And so when we flow ourselves, we flow into this moment. This flowing puts us into the time being with all beings. This is how we are illuminated and illuminate one another in this practice together. We sat every morning on the ship which was something else. Um, we sat when it was beautiful and calm in the Mediterranean, and we sat through this 
tempest of, of waves and storms around the um, Horn of Africa, uh, where you had to lean against a piece of furniture in order not to topple over while we sat. And the, the small sitting group on the ship was not separate. In fact, we only sat because this group sat. We only sat because our small group on the Cape sat and all of us online were sitting. This is illuminating one another through the practice of manifesting this moment as the time being. And so encountering the real dragon is encountering the world that's not just stuck in our ideas. We manifest this vow over and over again, like these great elephants. We manifest this practice over and over again. And some of us may be coming today for the first, second, or third time and feeling the energy of the people who have come for the fourth, fifth, five hundred, thousandth time. <laughs> this energy of practice is illuminating together in this moment. It doesn't matter. It's only now illuminating and fully present. And so Dogen says, you honored practitioner, after learning in a partial way, like the blind people who touched various parts of the elephant, please do not be scared by the real dragon. And all you daughters and sons of dragons here today practicing, and thank you. Thank you for your practice. It supports everything. And enjoy the rest of your day. Mm -hmm.